Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Now we know you're not going to get married in the next year or two, so don't worry, it's just eventually. <laughs> All right, so Narada Muni continued. My dear King Prachini Barhisat, afterward the king of the Yavanas, whose name is fear itself, as well as uh, Prajavara, Kalakanya, and his soldiers began to travel all over the world. And Prabhupada just mentions who these people are. He says, these soldiers are not ordinary soldiers, for they are guided by the king of the Yavanas, who acts as their commander-in-chief. The word Jishtakarina uh, indicates that he is their commander. And goes on to explain, uh, actually, in the next verse, more about who's who. Once the dangerous soldiers attacked the city of Paranjana with great force. Although the city was full of paraphernalia for sense gratification, it was being protected by the old serpent. And Prabhupada just explains some, so the, uh, the let's see, <laughs> when the vital force within the body becomes weak, the body itself also becomes weak. At such a time, the death symptoms, that is the dangerous soldiers of death's superintendent Yamaraj, begin to attack very seriously. Okay, and just one, just, oh, okay, hold on a second. Let, just give you a little overview of who's who. Give me a second to find it. Okay, so uh, Yavana, Yavana Raj is fear. His brother, Prajvara, the fever is a fever accompanying death. Kalakanya is old age. And Yavana Raj is soldiers, the days and nights that diminish our lives. Okay? Also, the old, uh, the old serpent is... Life heirs. Yes, very good. Okay, so that gives you a little background. Okay, now, text number three. Gradually, Kala, uh, Kala, Kala Kanya, uh, with the help of dangerous soldiers, attacked all the inhabitants of Paranjana city and thus rendered them useless for all purposes. And what was the first, next verse? When Kala Kanya, the daughter of time, attacked the body, the dangerous soldiers of the king of the Yavanas entered the city through different gates. They then began to give severe trouble to all the citizens. Hmm. And Prabhupada writes that the... Well, actually, I wanted to read from text 3, I think. You no. Know, yeah, I know, I, I gave text 4 for reading. The body has nine gates. The two eyes, two nostrils, two ears, mouth, rectum, and genitals. When one is harassed by the invalidity of old age, various diseases manifest at the gates of the body. For example, the eyes become so dim that one requires spectacles. And what's another word for spectacles? Glasses. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and you, you have them. All right. How come you have them and your sister doesn't? Oh, she doesn't wear them. <laughs> okay. The, and the ears become too weak to hear directly. And therefore, one requires hearing aids. And the nostrils are blocked by mucus. And one has to always snuff a, a medicinal bottle containing ammonia. Similarly, the mouth, too weak to chew, requires false teeth. The rectum also gives one trouble, and the evacuation uh, process becomes difficult. Sometimes one has to take enemas and sometimes use a sur surgical nostril to accelerate the passing of urine. In this way, the city of Paranjana was attacked at various gates by the soldiers. 
Thus, in old age, all the gates of the body are blocked by so many diseases. And one has to take help from so many medicines and surgical appliances. So I did a little research about this. Just, it just you know, what Prabhupada is saying is so true. Um, there's a uh, Council uh, of Aging, the National Council of Aging, that says 92% of seniors have at least one chronic disease and 77% have two or more. Um, the top of the list is heart problems, strokes, cancer, diabetes. So, um, so these are the top ones. So there's cognitive health, okay? That generally means like Alzheimer's and dementia, right? Um, and then there's mental health. They say 15% of elderly people have depression. And there's physical injury. Every half hour, a senior in America dies because of a fall. Right? And people fall very easily. I have a, a friend who, um, well, let's see, she is 83 now and still very mobile. But she's already done her whole house so that uh, everything is wheelchair accessible. So when she, yeah, she gets older, she's 83, uh, she, you know, her, she can use the bathroom, she can take a shower, she can get it around the house. So, you know, planning, because it's such a dangerous time. Right? And then, um, believe it or not, one, a big problem for uh, <clears throat> uh, seniors is uh, HIV, AIDS, and other sexually transmitted diseases. And then, as Prabhupada said here about spectacles, so one in six seniors have eye problems, and one in four have hearing problems. So just, just what Prabhupada said, right? He mentions the ear, he mentions the eyes, right? Uh, and a little bit more. Uh, malnutrition actually happens to be a big problem. People just don't, aren't careful about how they eat often. Um, and then uh, Prabhupada said here about uh, teeth, didn't he? False teeth, yeah, so listen to this. 25% uh, of people over 65 no longer have their natural teeth. Uh, then, <clears throat> believe it or not, uh, there's a lot of problems in America with substance abuse. Of course, alcohol, because people you know, are used to that, but also drugs you know, and uh, things like that. It's, it's, they say 5 million will be addicted by, next, by year 2020, uh, elderly people, and substance. And finally, just as Prabhupada said here, the bladder causes problems either in incontinence or constipation. So in other words, just like when you were a child, you had to wear a diaper, so sometimes uh, seniors also have to wear diapers. Right? So just, uh, so uh, Prabhupada wasn't, it's pretty clear, right? He wasn't exaggerating in the least in his purport here, all um, things that people experience. Um, and then in text five, Prabhupada writes, okay, so the translation goes, when the city was thus endangered by the soldiers and Kalakanya, King Paranjana, being overly absorbed in affection for his family, uh, was placed in difficulty by the attack of Yavanaraj and Kalakanya. Prabhupada writes, when we refer to the body, we include the external gross body and its various limbs, as well as the mind, intelligence, and ego. In old age, these all become weak when they are attacked by different diseases. The proprietor of the body, the living soul, becomes very sad at not being able to use the field of activities, the body and the mind, properly. And he ends by saying, extra burdens are placed on the body in the form of anxiety 
and general deterioration of bodily functions. So just to, a little bit more, the top 10 fears of elderly people in America. Uh, loss of independence, declining health, running out of money, not being able to live at home, the death of a spouse or other family members, inability to manage their own activities of daily living, not being able to drive, isolation and loneliness. So it's, uh, you know, uh, when Prabhupada was talking to us when we were in our 20s, and he was saying, you know, birth, death, disease, and old age, we would give classes on that, um, but not with much realization, right? Because we were 20, we were in our 20s and healthy and, and doing so much service, uh, et cetera. But um, now, as we get older, we, see, we start experiencing the problems of uh, old age and disease, and then ultimately death. There are, uh, they are no joke. So, so Prabhupada would regularly, regularly say, you know, we should uh, get free from the uh, entanglement of birth, death, disease, and old age. Um, but unfortunately, what do they say? That the, the first class intelligence is what? When you hear something, right? What is second class intelligence? When you see something, and maybe it's third class when you experience it yourself. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so unfortunately, uh, many of us may be uh, third class intelligence <laughs> in that regard. So we have to kind of experience it. Because I remember, I, you know, I was 22 years old and get birth, death, disease, and old age. <laughs> you know, and like it was very theoretical, <laughs> right? Um, but it becomes less, just like uh, Prabhupada said, you know, when he was towards the end of his life. And he looked at his young 20 disciples and said, don't think this won't happen to you, right? And he once said, uh, uh, he said, when I was young, I used to run around a lot. He was a, um, he played football, soccer, right? Although he played goalie, he didn't like to run around too much. Uh, and so he said, I was very strong and young. And now, he, I think he went like this and he said, now, flat tire. <laughs> so, uh, so, this is uh, what's being spoken here is, you know, Narada is really trying to get Prachini Barhisat to understand the uh, challenges that he has by not taking more seriously the human form of life. So some questions, comments on chronic health, top 10 fears, these two verses. Has anyone here ever been really sick? Yeah? One, two, three. How does it feel? <laughs> Terrible. What did you have? Um, basically, we it's, we're not even able to think properly. Mm. Even 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 at a very uh, youthful or something like that, when the sickness happens, to do the normal day-to-day -day activities itself is impossible. Right. And put so much pain and suffering on the body. It's too too terrible to go through such a thing mm. and when hearing the descriptions of the old age and the problems that come as part of the old age it's not a pleasant uh, thing to go through no it's not it's just a reality though andy what was your what would what was your experience yeah i was in the hospital because i broke my hip you broke your hip yeah i fell oh. 25 feet but uh it's when you're young Getting uh, very ill or something like that is kind of like being attacked or being mugged. 
by an individual. But my mother's in an old age home now, and that's more like an assault by an army on a city. Mm. That everything goes wrong, everything is under attack, can't rely on everything. Wow. So, so what he's saying is, and the whole story is a very good prediction of, of what, know, yeah, coming what's attractions. Going, what's going to happen? They say. And, but they're but, offering, uh, like in one case, uh, pro, one of the, um, pro, I forget which verse, Prabhupada says that there's, you can actually ameliorate it some. He said, like, if you don't, aren't crazy about sex your whole life, you'll right. be less dissipated. You won't have a quite as hard of uh, right. consequences. Yes. So he yes. offers some help. <laughs> some help. Prabhu, did you have what your experience was like? Um, I had like these muscle spasms one big over a weekend and you know I was just kind of uh, took Advil and I was trying to fall asleep I couldn't do that either and it's hard it, to it was like think. painful and so yeah yeah eventually I fell asleep but like wow. you said or like you said that this is those things are kind of minor compared to I mean I've seen my mother go through a lot you know she has broken couple of bones and mm. her old age and so <clears throat> she is yeah I had open heart surgery but that wasn't so bad I just um, couldn't like first few days I couldn't climb stairs or anything and uh, and I always like was super careful about moving anything I thought I was gonna like you know reopen my <laughs> bones or something like that and breathing but I think even in one sense worse than that was I had terrible, terrible uh, aller allergy, allergy to something in the month of April in Vrindavan. And I literally couldn't walk like from here to the altar, you know, couldn't breathe. It was really just wheezing and wheezing. And then the funny thing is I get to Delhi, which has really bad air, and I was fine. <laughs> so something in the air. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, so... The idea is then to use our, while we have our, you know, body healthy and we have our intelligence and mind sharp, to use them wisely. You can't, and, and you know, you can, like Prabhuji was saying, you can take some steps, you can take good care of your health, you can refrain from excessive sense gratification, you can do things to uh, prepare, but still it, the soldiers keep on marching on. Right? Any other thoughts? Yes, then the Muki, and then Mataji. Okay. She's yielding to the... Uh, <laughs> but the daughter. <laughs> um, actually, a week ago, I was in the ER for some acute problem. And um, at that time, when going to the hospital and even waiting there, I could very clear... I, I mean, I had severe pain, but... Uh, I could very clearly think, uh, okay, now I have to chant Hare Krishna, okay? But the problem was, the pain was so much, I couldn't uh, even say one mantra completely. Mm. That's when I realized uh, this is an acute problem, but um, at old age it would be very hard. It's so hard to focus on the holy name, and uh, yeah. that's the experience I had. Yeah, so uh, it takes some real determination um, to go beyond the um, pain to focus on the name. Hey, that, that rhymes. Yes. Hare Krishna. I was just thinking about, um, I have been working in a hospital since oh. September. Okay. And working with a group of cardiologists. Okay. And although they're 
they are very um, enthusiastic in their medical research, and they talk about death every day. But my impression is that, uh, like, the ongoing medical research focus just purely on uh, how one uh, procedure is better than the other procedure according to some specific measurement. And they're not really, like, really help a patient to get prepared for death or uh -huh. get prepared for pain to accept the things. Right. And so, in that sense, I feel that their research really lack, lack a sense of um, rele relevance and effectivity mm. than was warranted. Very good. Thank you for that. Yes. Right. There. Uh, I don't know. Which would, what would the analogy be? What do they say? Rearranging the chairs on the deck of the Titanic, or. Uh, Right, it's not holistic, right? Right, it's, and it doesn't get to the root problem. Yeah. So we'll hear more about the root problem in coming verses. When King Paranjan was embraced by Kalakanya, he gradually lost all his beauty. Having been too much addicted to sex, he became very poor in intelligence and lost all his opulence. Being bereft of all possessions, he was conquered forcibly by the Gandharvas and Yavanas. King Pranjan then saw that everything in his town was scattered and that his sons, grandsons, servants, and ministers were all gradually opposing him. He also noted that his wife was becoming cold and indifferent. When King Pranjan saw that all his family members, relatives, followers, servants, secretaries, and everyone else, remember this is still a, a not an allergy, an allegory, uh, uh, secretaries and everyone else had turned against him, he certainly became very anxious. But he could not counteract the situation because he was thoroughly overwhelmed by Kala Kanya. The objects of enjoyment became stale by the influence of Kala Kanya. Due to the con uh, continuance of his continence? continuance of, of his lusty desires, King Paranjana became very poor in everything. Thus he did not understand the aim of life. He was still very affectionate towards his wife and children, and he worried about maintaining them. The city of King Paranjana was overcome by the Gandharva and Yavana soldiers. And although the king had no desire to leave the city, he was circumstantially forced to do so, for it was smashed by Kalakanya. And Prabhupada writes so strongly here, uh, due to long association with a particular type of material body, like the one we have now, and also due to the grace of Kalakanya and her maya, illusion, one becomes overly attached to the material body, although it is the abode of pain. Even if one tries to separate a worm from stool, the worm will, unwilling, will be unwilling to leave. It will return to the stool. Similarly, a hog generally lives in a very filthy state, eating stool, but if one tries to separate it from its condition and give it a nice place, the hog will be unwilling. In this way, if we study each and every living entity, we will find that he will defy offers of a more comfortable position. So... Uh, Remember, I think we spoke about this about a month ago. Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavad Gita that um, it's in the verse that describes the, the spiritual world, that it's not, uh, there's no need for fire or electricity. Right? It's self-illuminating. And Prabhupada says we should be captivated by this information. So the challenge is uh, being captivated, <laughs> being really desirous to go back to Krishna. 
and therefore doing whatever it takes to get there. So I, this is a quote, um, uh, not from a devotee, but I think it makes the point very well. Until one is committed, there is hes- hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. What's that truth? That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. So the idea of really, uh, or in tatra loyam apimulyam ekalam, that loyam means greed, or that real strong commitment, that strong desire. And until we, or rather, it's not, it's not like a light switch, either or, but it's gradual. You know, it, but we should be making progress towards that, st- strengthening our desire. Because then maya becomes weaker and weaker. And our wanting to go back to the, <laughs> the stool becomes less and less. Right? Because we actually, uh, as Prabhupada says, we taste the beauty of Krishna consciousness and our relationship with Krishna. And when you think about it, isn't that what we really want? Right? To have a loving relationship with Krishna? Yeah. Some thoughts on this? Yes. Even though the scriptures say uh, and talk a lot and emphasize and the acharyas emphasize the importance of turning to Krishna and hearing about him and the glories, still it somehow seems very alien conception because the most easier natural conception is to get distracted by maya right so it it's 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 a it's a challenge in one sense that each uh, living being have to address and overcome yes. and stay fixed in yeah. turning the attention to krishna yeah uh and if you think about it that you know we have uh if we if we understand that we've had so many births in the material world, then it's just desires that, you know, the heart is just full of dust. Um, and that, uh, uh, what's that verse? Is it 245? Someone look up 245 in the Gita. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Samadhau Navidhiyate, right? That one doesn't, because we're, we're still attached to the stool of this world, so to speak, uh, the determination of devotional service doesn't manifest. And four verses earlier, Vyavasaya Mikabudhir Ekeha, to have that one minded, that one point of determination. And uh, <clears throat> if we think about, we've talked about this so many times, but if we think about the level of distractions now compared to even 10 years ago, right, with, with the advent of smartphones, and imagine what it will be like 20 years from now or a hundred years from now, what distractions will be like. So, yes, thank you for pointing that out. Um, other thoughts on this? So then in the last paragraph, Prabhupada writes, this movement is giving human society... So this is the good news. We heard the bad news, now here's the good news. This movement is giving human society information about the kingdom of God. There is God. There is Krishna. And everyone, everyone, you can't think that includes us, can return to God and live eternally in bliss and knowledge. A Krishna conscious person is not afraid of giving up the body because his position is always eternal. 
A Krishna conscious person engages in the transcendental loving service of the Lord eternally. Therefore, as long as he lives within the body, he is happy to engage in the loving service of the Lord. And when he gives up the body, he is also permanently situated in the service of the Lord. The saintly devotees are always free and liberated, whereas the karmis who have no knowledge of spiritual life or the transcendental loving service of the Lord are very much afraid of giving up the rotten material body. How often do you look in the mirror and say, oh, thank you, my dear rotten material body? So uh, no fear, right? And we saw in Srila Prabhupada when he was leaving this world, no fear. He was translating the Bhagavatam to the very last moments. Um, and then what about Maharaj Prikshit? So here's a couple of verses about Maharaj Prikshit. When the king was thus repenting, he received news of his imminent death, which would be due to the bite of a snake bird, occasioned by the curse spoken by the sage's son. The king accepted this as good news, for it would be the cause of his indifference towards worldly things. And then another verse. O Brahmanas, just accept me as a completely surrendered soul, and let Mother Ganges, the representative of the Lord, also accept me in that way, for I have already taken the lotus feet of the Lord within my heart. Let the snake bird, or whatever magical thing the Brahmana created, bite me at once. I only desire that you continue singing the deeds of Lord Vishnu. So he had any, any other thoughts, you can, uh, examples from the Shastra of fearlessness? Prahlad Maharaj, definitely. What? Maharaj Ambarish, okay, yeah. Riktasura, yeah, yeah. He was like helping Indra kill him. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Do it already. <laughs> yeah, totally realized that they weren't their body. Amazing, huh? So here's the choice. All that stuff that we read on verses 4 and 5, on one hand, or fearlessness at, uh, on the other hand. Which, which one do we want? <laughs> yeah. But how can we act in the other way? <laughs> we take shelter of this, but we want that. That's the challenge of life. Other thoughts? Microphone? Um. It reminded me of Dadichi. Dadichi, yeah. Who said, like, Indra came and asked him for his body, the bones. Mm. Mm. And to, just to test him, he asked Indra some questions, but he said, I'm ready to give it up. And then he just gave it up. He just gave it up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing, huh? <laughs> Text 11. Under the circumstances, the elder brother of Yavanaraj, known as Prajvara, set fire to the city to please his younger brother, whose other name is Fear Itself. When the city was set ablaze, all the citizens and servants of the king, as well as all family members, sons, grandsons, wives, and other relatives, were within the fire. King Paranjana thus became very unhappy. The city's superintendent of police, the serpent, saw that the citizens were being attacked by Kalakanya, uh, and uh, he became very aggrieved to see his own residence set ablaze after being attacked by the Yavanas. As a serpent living within the cavity of a tree wishes to leave when there is a forest fire, so the city's police superintendent, the snake, wished to leave the city due to the fire's severe heat. So who is the snake or the superintendent of police? Life fairs, yeah, they're the same. Same, same person. Two different analogies. 
The limbs of the serpent's body were slackened by the Kandavas and Yavana's soldiers who had thoroughly de defeated his bodily strength. When he attempted to leave the body, he was checked by his enemies. Being thus baffled in his attempts, he began to cry loudly. King Paranjan then began to think of his daughters, sons, grandsons, daughters-in-law, sons-in-law, servants, and other associates, as well as his house, his host, household paraphernalia, and his little accumulation of wealth. King Paranjana was overly attached to his family and conceptions of I and mine. Because he was overly attracted to his wife, he was already quite poverty-stricken. <clears throat> At the time of separation, he became very sorry. King Paranjana was anxiously thinking, Alas, my wife is encumbered by so many children. When I pass from this body, how will she be able to maintain all these family members? Alas, she will greatly be greatly harassed by thoughts of family maintenance. King Paranjan then began to think of his past dealings with his wife. He recalled that his wife would not take her dinner until he had finished his, that she would not take her bath until he had finished his, and that she was always very much attached to him, so much so that if he would sometimes become angry and chastise her, she would simply remain silent and tolerate his misbehavior. King Paranjana continued thinking how, when he was in a state of bewilderment, his wife would give him good counsel and how she would become aggrieved when he was away from home. Although she was the mother of so many sons and heroes, the king still feared that she would not be able to maintain the responsibilities of household affairs. And Prabhupada writes that this thus mental absorption in social, political, pseudo-religious, national and communal consciousness is cause for bondage. During one's lifetime, one has to change his activities in order to attain release from bondage. So we've talked about this so many times, but it's, it speaks to what we want to hear about. Right? Um, I think I told you, so this has been, I think, the 11th day that I've been on my fast. I haven't heard any news for 11 days. I, zero. <laughs> I, I, you know, I told my wife, if you know, the world's coming to an end, tell me the news. You know, there's, in other words, if there's some major thing that I really need to know. Um, and it's very, I'm not telling you all to do this, you know, whatever, but uh, it is quite a nice experience, especially because, it, you know, it's the news of the past few years has been so, um, what's the word? Conflicting, very good, yes. Uh, so it's great, I have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, I hear sometimes some a tidbit here or there, something, you know, someone says something to me. But, uh, but the point is, thus mental absorption in social, political, pseudo-religious, national and communal consciousness is the cause of bondage. So whether we, you know, whatever we do in our life, we want to have our free time focused on hearing and chanting about Krishna. Because, because it's such an incredible opportunity that in a short life of a human life in Kali Yuga, if one does that, one can go back to the spiritual world. But, you know, what are you going to do? Go back to impeachment head or something like that? <laughs> if you hear, you know, that's all you're hearing all day long or something like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's, so it is, um, it says here, if, you want, if we want to be released from bondage, we have to decide what we want our mental absorption to be. Pretty simple like that. So some thoughts on this? I was just uh, reflecting when I read this about Dante's Inferno. Okay. Very famous, yes, famous literature book, yes. about 
a description of touring hell and all its different levels, but obviously he had never really been to hell. So it was based on <laughs> what yeah. he saw in, in life. And he's telling you, he's, all these uh, conditions are in life. And sometimes we want to be optimistic, which is a good thing, you know, to not to bring other people down. But really what they're talking about is real. It's, it's what the world is like because there's no God present. Yes. Um, if you, so uh, Dante's Inferno is one thing, if you want to read something a little lighter, but similarly uh, insightful is uh, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. So basically, he's, he's really, it's really a good writer. So in, uh, he, Screwtape is a, um, uh, a neophyte devil. Right, he's being trained by the top, the, the the devil himself, and basically, in the screw tape letters, all it, it does is um, it's almost like just showing exactly how Maya works, right? You know, so this is what you do if you really want to uh, get a person to suffer, right? You you know, get them involved in a political party, whatever he says, you know, all these things, and you know, devotees can relate to it so easily because it's just like. Maya thinking, okay, what are we going to do for this uh, to this person? So yeah, it's uh, it's a little more light than the uh, Dante's Inferno, but <laughs> um, it gets the point across. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, the dominant. I'll just read the dominant theme in C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters is the perpetual battle between God and Satan. Yeah, uh, and it was written in 1942, which is uh, you know amazing that he was had such insights. Yeah. yeah. Okay, other thoughts on this? All right, then we will continue. King Prunjan continued worrying. After I pass from this world, how will my sons and daughters, who are now fully dependent on me, live and continue their lives? Their position will be similar to that of passengers aboard a ship wrecked in the midst of the ocean. And I, I, I'll, I'll read. Well, Prabhupada writes at the end of this paper, he just said, the science of transmigration is completely unknown to modern science. So do you have science class in, you're in high school? Is there a class on yeah, taking science? Is there, do they talk at all about the, the soul going into another body at death? No, <laughs> okay. Right, so it says here, just, just confirmed, the science of transmigration is completely unknown to modern scientists. So-called scientists do not like to bother with these things because if they would at all consider this subtle subject matter and the problems of life, they would see that their future is very dark. Thus, they try to avoid considering the future and continue committing all kinds of sinful activities in the name of social, political, and national necessity. So there's nothing wrong with science. The, the, the problem with science, well, you know, let me, the, the, the problem that, the thing that Prabhupada pointed out about science is um, when we make a theology out of it, basically, and think that it can you know, actually tell us about God, or to speak of disprove God, or to uh, just think that God is not important anymore. That's, that's you know, the, uh, you know um, many of us who said that we were ill, you know, we took advantage of modern science. You know, certainly I took advantage of when I had open heart surgery. Right? Uh, in the old days, you used to have to cut the whole chest Right, so now do more, now they just cut like this much, very small amount. So that's my, that's science, helping, right? But science isn't going to uh, 
tell you how to uh, uh, go back to Godhead, or even to get a human birth in your next life, or whatever. Right. So the limitation. So a good scientist will say, "Yes, I'm trying to um, manipulate material energy in certain ways to try to help society, but I know that." I can't play God here. It's ultimately up to God whether I can do this. And uh, plus, I'm not going to enter into the realm of theology. Well, very good scientist, right? Very good scientist. Uh, next verse. Although King Paranjan should not have lamented over the fate of his wife and children, he nonetheless did due to the miser his miserly intelligence. In the meantime, Yavanaraj, whose name was fear itself, immediately drew near to arrest him. Prabhupada writes, death does not wait for any man. It will immediately carry out its duty. Since death must take away the living entity without hesitation, it is the ultimate God-realization of the atheists who spoil their lives thinking of country, society, and relatives to the neglect of God-consciousness. So it's a nice way, Prabhupada, right? There's nothing necessarily wrong with thinking about country, society, and relatives, but if we neglect God consciousness, then it's all bad, right? It's just like uh, we, we talk often about anyabhi lashita sunyam jnana karma anavritam. Anavritam means to cover, right? So uh, our, our bhakti, in that verse from Nectar of Devotion, should not be covered by karma and gan, by thoughts of this world or by impersonal uh, understandings. It shouldn't be covered by that. Uh, in this verse, the word atad, atad arhanam is very significant, for it means that one should not be overly engaged in welfare activities for one's family members, countrymen, society, and community. None of these will help a person to advance spiritually. Unfortunately, in present-day society, so-called educated men have no idea what spiritual progress is. Although they have the opportunity in the human form of life to make spiritual progress, they remain misers. They use their life improperly and simply waste them thinking about the material welfare of their relatives, countrymen, society, and so on. One's actual duty is to learn how to conquer death. And then Prabhupada quotes this famous verse, Janma karma chame divyam evam yo veti tattvata taktva deham punar janma naitimam eti so arjuna. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving this body take his birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. So, um, Prabhupada is speaking very strongly here, uh, because basically, so what does family members, countrymen, society, and community mean? It basically means the kind of reality, what we consider reality, right? And really, if it's not for Shastra, we wouldn't know any other reality. If it wasn't for the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam, and Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, we would just also, uh, in the second candle of Prabhupada says, we would orbit around these things. Because that, isn't that what people, you know, uh, he's a good person, he's a family man. That's what people say, right? And that's, of course, that's better than being a debauchee, right? So the, that's, that's kind of what's implied, right? Oh, he's a good person, he's a family, or she really, you know, is very dedicated to her children or something like that. It's good, uh, right? And, uh, you know, um, or you know, um, feeding the poor, or this or that. The philanthropy is within the realm of the bodily concept of life, right? And so, the shastra tries to wake us up 
slap us on the face. And that's, this chapter is definitely slap on the face, right? It's not like, a, oh, everything's good. You know, I'm okay. You're okay. No, it's really, right, to wake us up to a different reality, to a real reality, not one that will be here today and gone tomorrow, right? So I'm like, I'm 61 years old. Where was I 63 years ago? Totally different reality, also orbiting around family members, countrymen, society, and community. And then that changes to the next reality, to the next so, you know, seeming reality. And the Shastra is trying to, so we go around this samsara, this wheel, like the hamster on the, on the wheel, right? And uh, Shastra tries to say, you can get off the wheel. No, no, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really into this wheel. <laughs> like going faster and faster, right? And no, no, but you can get off it. You don't have to be on this wheel. There's something much better. No, but I'm so into this wheel. So that's, that's uh, what's going on here. So, it's, so we can dovetail those things in Krishna consciousness, right? We can take, we can take good care of our family. We can contribute to... Uh, what, what did, Davey, what did Prabhupada say about uh, the Gurukul boys, about society? Remember you had it as a, a mission statement in the Gurukul? Remember men of... Do you remember? I can't remember something like yeah, it could be great contributors to society it was something like that, right? But of course that means connecting that with Krishna. So um, otherwise, you know, or as Prabhupada would say, right? It can be so many zeros, right? Some people have one zero. Some people like you know big philanthropists they have fifteen zeros, right? But none of but no but if you don't have that one in front of the fifteen zeros. And it's still zero. Right. So we want to have that one. And that's what Prabhupada is saying here, is uh, to um, focus on, uh, on Krishna. So I forgot to bring the book that I wanted to bring with me. Darn it. But that's okay. Um, so, yeah, well, any questions or comments on this? Yes, Andy. I also wanted to point out to the young people if you ever talk to like a scientist and mention something like transmigration, he will think like, he might not say anything, but he'll think it's kind of silly, a lot of them. Oh, of course. Or he might even laugh at you. But Prabhupada gives another example, one of these purports about how you, you can see tra transmigration in your own life. Like you said, when you were a one-year-old baby, maybe when you're a little more conscious, when you're five years old, right? And then you get older, there seems to be this one thing that, keeps moving to these completely different body types and has not changed. Right. One time I was in a mall, I actually saw like an 80-year-old woman looking through the window in a Victoria's Secret thing, just looking at it like, oh, it'd be nice to wear that. She's like 80 years old, right? Okay. But she was still a woman, and so who can explain that? That's something you can see in your own life, and you're still young. But when you get older, you'll find there's this thing that seems to be going independent of your, what your body The body doing. changes, and the mind also changes, right? You can't do calculus when you're five years old, except maybe one or two people in the world. But yes, this core thing that remains the same, even though the body is constantly going through change. That's right. Yes, yes, somebody had their hand up? Yes. So um, there was oh. Dr. Ian Stevenson. He, oh, yeah, yeah, Ian, he, he University of Virginia. 
Yeah. He documented 2,000 cases of reincarnation, and he, you know he right. he studied and he ironed out all inconsistencies and said these are proven. But I think uh, we don't hear much about his work <laughs> so, in you know like I guess common media, whatever. True, and he was, uh, and he, yeah, at least he gets some credence because he's at a reputable university, he's at University of Virginia. Yeah, but yes, yes, microphone for much. Like I was thinking of the example. I think he also Prabhupada, passed away, by the way. Yes. Prabhupada gives an example of like sheeps on a conveyor belt. Uh, where they have like green grass in front of them, but although they are seeing that the sheep in front of them are getting killed, they are busy chewing on their green oh, grass. Ah, very good and example. Even Yudhishthira Maharaj says, right? What is the most um, amazing thing in the world is that you see right and left, everybody is dying, but you think that you will never die. Right. So we're just busy chewing on our green grass and good things in our life. Wow, that's quite a graphic uh, example. You're chewing on the green grass and the others are getting slaughtered ahead of you. And you're thinking, oh, it's all good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, anyone else? Okay, so 20, we're going on to 25. When the Avanas were taking King Paranjan away to, the, uh, to their place, binding him like an animal, the king's followers became greatly aggrieved. While they lamented, they were forced to go along with him. The serpent who had already been arrested by the soldiers of uh, Yavanaraja and was out of the city, began to follow his master along with the others. Uh, Davy, would you, would you mind um, going to the house and getting Sachin Anamaraj's book? It's in my little, um, you know, my little Bhajan Kutir thing. I, there's some things I wanted to read from that, and there's still 20, 35 minutes. Sorry, sorry I forgot it. Um, the serpent who had already been arrested by the soldiers of Yavanaraj was out of the city, uh, who, and was out of the city, began to follow his master along with the others. As soon as they all left the city, it was immediately dismantled and smashed to dust. When King Paranjan was being dragged with great force by the powerful Yavana, out of his gross ignorance, he still could not remember his friend, the well-wisher, the super-soul. Prabhupada writes, the word Sakayam, Friend is very significant in this verse because God is eternally present beside the living entity. The Supreme Lord is also described as Suridam, ever well-wisher. Prabhupada would sign all of his letters, your ever well-wisher. The Supreme Lord is always a well-wisher, just like a father or mother. Despite all, and listen to this, despite all the offenses of a son, the father and mother are always the son's well-wisher. Similarly, Despite all our offenses and defiance of the desires of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord will give us immediate relief from all the hardships offered by material nature if we simply surrender unto Him. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Mam eva ye prapadyante mayametam tarantite. Unfortunately, this is the hard part, the bad news, Due to our bad association and great attachment for sense gratification, we do not remember our best friend, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, text. Uh, so, whatever our, you know, we make, our minds can come up with so many things, and why did Krishna do this? Or 
or we just totally forget Krishna, or this or that or whatever the mind just you know going here and there and everywhere. The reality is, Krishna never changes. Krishna, with our minds going zip, zip, zip all over the universe, Krishna remains our best friend. Krishna remains our shelter. <coughs> Krishna remains uh, compassionate to us. <laughs> so, um, I thought I'd read just one. So here it says to surrender to Krishna. So one thing that can be really inspiring, if you if you wish, is to read on a regular basis uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's prayer, Sharanagati. And they're available on the internet for free. Just, you know, just, so I'm just going to read four lines from... Um, so the Sharanagati goes through the six par parts of surrender. What are, what's one of the six? What? Everyone's going... Ah. Okay, so do everything favorable for bhakti. Okay, what else? Pratikulyena, reject things unfavorable. Okay, you got the two easy ones. Okay, to think of Krishna as our protector. Think of Krishna as our maintainer. What are the last two? To be uh, humble and to be a soul surrendered to Krishna. Okay, so this is the one on acceptance of the Lord as soul maintainer. So he writes, um, By what personal understanding or, or by what power has one such as I come into your shelter? Surely it is by your mercy alone. For as... Doya Moi and Patita Pavana, you are ever engaged in the deliverance of the fallen souls. My only hope, O Lord, is that you, are feel that you are full of compassion and mercy. There is no one more in need of your mercy than I. You will surely drive away all my fears. No one else in this world, in the world, has the power to rescue me. O merciful Lord, by your decree, kindly deliver this vile and lowly sinner. I have given up everything and come to your lotus feet, O Lord. I am your eternal servant, and you are the maintainer. You are my sole protector, O Lord of the universe. Everything is yours. I am merely your menial servant. So it is certain that you will deliver me. I have chosen, I have chosen your lotus feet as my only shelter. I no longer belong to myself. Bhaktivinoda weeps as he humbly takes uh, shelter at your lotus feet. Forgiving all his offenses, affirming him a taste for the holy name. Oh, kindly maintain him. So this is the um, mood of uh, a devotee in when he hear when he or she hears about how Krishna is suridam, our ever well wisher, how he forgives our offenses, how he'll immediately give us relief from all hardships if we surrender to him. So then the devotee develops this kind of mood of surrender. And it's, again, it's, you know, it's a process, but it's something to you know, even think about. Even on a daily basis, you wake up and say, okay, today I have to accept everything favorable to bhakti, reject everything unfavorable, think of Krishna as my maintainer, think of Krishna as my protector, develop real humility, which means to think how great he is, not just think how lousy I am, and to really work on surrendering to him. And we could meditate on that on a daily basis if we like, because it's really, that's it. Because Krishna says, Sarva Dharmam right? He says, surrender unto me, I'll, I'll relieve you from everything. And then Lord Chaitanya taught, what is the, what are the, how do you do that surrender? Right? In the old days, we used to think surrender just meant, you know, temple commander said, jump, and you said, how high? You know, and that was like surrender, was doing things you didn't want to do. It may be partially that, <laughs> but it's primarily developing bhakti. 
It's a mood of uh, um, tadia. I am Krishna's, right? And uh, and sambanda that I have a relationship with Krishna. Just like I was thinking, I was reading um, in where was it? Prabhupada was explaining the last verse of the Gayatri. Well, not the Gayatri mantra is. You know, the Gayatri Mantra, you can all look it up, Om Pur Bhuvaswa, that one. Um, but we chant seven mantras, right, when we take Brahman initiation. And if you, he was, if you think about it, the last two, which were about Krishna, they both talk about Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopina. Right? They both talk about Samanda, Abhideya, and Prayojana. Right? In... in um, I can say this because it's in Prabhupada's purport, so I'm not giving away the secrets of the mantras. But uh, uh, Kama Devaya is Madan Mohan, right? Which is our sambanda, right? Our uh, relationship with Krishna as his eternal servant, right? Uh, um, Pushpabanaya refers to Govindaji and Abhideya, the process of bhakti. And Anaga uh, refers to uh, Gopinath. In the process of, or not the process, but developing our love for Krishna. So even when we're chanting Gayatri, we can be thinking. Uh, I've been trying to do this lately: is thinking, okay, you know, because the mantra goes pretty quickly when you chant it. But uh, I have a relationship with Krishna. The relationship is based on service, and the goal of that is loving Krishna. Just, you know, chant that ten times or twenty times in one sense, because they both refer to similar things. But that's nice. Right? So we have our samanda. We have a, our relationship is one of uh, is one of service, and then we want to. Then we're begging for devotional service, and the goal of all that is developing ecstatic love for Krishna. So, some thoughts on this? Yes. Um, as you were reading the translation of the Sharanagati verses, Bhakti Thakur was mentioning Dayamaya and uh, Patita Pavana, and it reminded me of. Prabhupada quoting Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, I think in one of the purports of Nectar of Instruction, that even to reach the stage of a fallen, one has to be chanting 64 rounds of Hare Krishna oh, yeah, Mantra every nectar day. Devotion, yeah. so, nectar of Instruction. So, I, it just struck me like, even to be considered as fallen by Krishna, it requires that level of uh, uh, effort from our side. <laughs> yes, let's see if I can find it real quick. It's in the purport. Here we go. Um, the Krishna Conscious Movement prescribes 16 rounds daily because people in the Western countries cannot concentrate for long periods while chanting on beads. Therefore, the minimum number of rounds is prescribed. However, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say that unless one chants at least 64 rounds, of Japa, which is 100,000 names, he is considered fallen, Patita. According to his calculation, practically every one of us is fallen, but because we are trying to serve the Supreme Lord with all seriousness and without duplicity, we can expect the mercy of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is famous as Patita Pavana, the deliverer of the fallen. And it is true that he, he, it, was, it was not as set as in Iskan. Yeah, some devotees, if they were out preaching, he said, okay, at least four rounds. Right? But we, uh, we've taken a vow of 16 rounds for those of us who take initiation and have to stick to that. Okay, so let me get back to four. <clears throat> Thank you so much. 
I wanted to read a few things from this. Thanks. Um, in this regards, uh, page 71. Oh, almost there. Um, so just that, I think we read this last, uh, oh no, well, this is uh, um, the Lord speaking that, uh, oh, no, here we go. Okay, well, <clears throat> Maharaj is writing this, and I thought it was very nice in terms of this point about surrender. He says, uh, we should make our prayers from wherever we honestly are on our journey. For example, a devotee might pray, I know you and I have a relationship, Sambandha. I may not always feel it, uh, but please don't take this personally. <laughs> it's just my mind. I can't help that I am weak. Only you can help me. This sincere and humbly turning to Krishna is open, frank, and free from the pretension of being advanced. Did I read this last week? Anyway, that, that is all he wants. You could also pray for courage to turn away from maya. And if at this moment you just can't or don't want to give up certain things, then pray that soon the day comes when you can pray intensely for that courage. This actually works. So that the, the mood of bhakti, right? And, uh, and uh, Lord Ramachandra, I think, says this, that uh, it is my vow that if one only once sincerely surrenders unto me, saying, my dear Lord, from this day I am yours, and prays to me for courage, then I shall immediately award courage to that person, and he will always remain safe from that time on. So we want to develop the surrender attitude um, with this great mood of bhakti. Any further thoughts? Okay, so then we're on text 26, is that right? Yeah. Okay. The most unkind king, that most unkind king, Paranjana, had killed many animals in various sacrifices. Now taking advantage of this opportunity, all these animals began to pierce him with their horns. It was as though he was being cut to pieces by axes. 27. Due to his contaminated association with women, a living entity like King Paranjan eternally suffers all the pangs of material existence and remains in the dark regions of material life, bereft of all remembrance for many, many years. Prabhupada writes that material existence is always full of anxiety. People are always trying to find many ways to mitigate anxiety. But because they are not guided by a, a real leader, they try to forget material anxiety through drink and sex indulgence. Foolish people do not know that by attempting to escape anxiety by drink and sex, they simply increase their duration of material life. It is not possible to escape material anxiety in this way. So I think we probably, if we were honest with ourselves, whether it's, you know, not, not necessarily drink and sex, but we all have our ways uh, or habits that we've gotten into in dealing with anxiety. And my guess is that not all of them are healthy. Some may do it by overeating. Some may do it by going shopping. Some may do it by sleeping a lot, right? You know, we have different ways. And um, they're, they're coping. Prabhupada says that it's natural that we, that we try to find some, even though it's naturally for foolish people, he said if we're not guided properly, we try to forget our material anxieties in one way or another, right? You know, we just, you know it's a little bit, you know, like... Uh, what is it? The hunter is coming after the ostrich, and the ostrich puts its head in the sand, right? And says, oh, no more hunter. Yeah. Right? So what should we do instead? If we get into, you know, we material anxieties, is, we're in financial concerns, or, uh, 
you know, our son just crashed our car or whatever. <laughs> right? You know, this happened. Or, or, you know, our boss gave us the last warning before we lose our job or, you know, so many things. So what, what, what is a healthy way? We, I'm, sure we, I'm sure we could all, I won't ask anybody, right? But I think we all maybe even take 10 seconds now to think of some of the unhealthy things that we, you individually do <clears throat> to deal with material anxieties. Think about that for a second. What, what, what do you turn to in an unhealthy way? Okay, so what is a healthier way? You had your hand up, Mama? Okay, Mama, you pass it to Mama. Consultation with the... Mm, consultation with other uh, devotees. That takes some humility, doesn't it? Yeah. To go up to somebody and say, Share. Hey, I got this problem. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, Shakshin. Basically, uh, recently I'm reading the uh, Prahalad Maharaj stories. Read the Prahalad Maharaj stories. Uh, and then like uh, uh, where uh, Maharaj, I heard from Maharaj, uh, going through uh, Suniti, um, the mother of uh, Prahalad. Uh, no, Sun that was Dhruva. Sorry, Dhruva. Sorry, my bad. Dhruva Maharaj, yeah. not Prahalad. Uh, Prah Dhruva Maharaj story and where uh, she basically understands the situation, like what's going on, mm -hmm. and then like uh, what, is, what will help to improve that situation is that's what we should focus on right. as one of the aspects that as uh, Muhammad Prabhu said, you know, consulting with a devotee right. and taking shelter of, um, you know. And she told Dhruva the only thing that's going to help is, she didn't say, you know, uh, you know, get straight A's in school so your father will recognize you or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, or, uh, you, know, so, you know, she said, the only thing, you got to take shelter of God. Yep, yep. And well, I understand that God's in the forest. So, right? talk to Radha Madan Mohan. Or talk the to Radha Madan like, yes. If you couldn't express to a devotee, then like at least, worst case scenario, you can go and express talk to Krishna. Yourself, talk to Krishna. Yeah. And then like, see the best you can do on that aspect and take instructions and just do... I know uh, one time, um, John Prabhu, this was many years ago in Vrindavan, but he actually did this a lot, but I just remember this one time that uh, a devotee from, I won't mention, but this devotee was from um, a, uh, uh, a country that was very impersonal, not, not India, and they were asking, what can I do, what can I do, and he said, just go before Balaram, so we the Krishna Balaram deities in Vrindavan, and just stay there as long as it takes. And he would say that to many people and they'd come back saying, it worked. <laughs> Andy, you had your hand up? I was going to say that this is independent of we're in a temple. This advice, um, I'm not, not that I'm an amazing person, but first just face your anxiety. Just look at it. Face it, yes. Like copy Paramahama, the super soul. He's just observing. So you just observe and look at yourself. And then you... After you face up to it, you can say, okay, if I sleep for 10 hours or watch another three hours of television, is this going to solve the anxiety? Right. And be honest, just look at it. Very good. Is some, yes? Oh. Go, no, go ahead. You go next. I'm past it. Um, so previously, um, I used to basically while away my time. You used to what? While away my time, like uh -huh. watch some movies so that you forget your uh, right. problems temporarily and all that. But what I found uh, is that if I'm reading or if I'm in the temple, 
when I am really, like when I am facing anxiety, if I'm either reading uh, from the Bhagavatam or uh, like the Gita mm. or I'm at the temple, my mood uh, like really changes. Achha. And so I don't no longer feel that anxiety. Very nice. So it definitely is like a more positive, puts a positive spin to your mm. life. So, and that's that's why I remember that there is one verse where uh, Krishna says that once the devotee becomes uh, fixed, then then despite all the problems that come in his life, he never uh, changes. He is like unflinching. Speak the pragya. He is unflinching. Yes, he means fixed. His devotion. Yes. Very good. Um, so, of course, uh, to reach that stage is like quite. I am nowhere, not even in the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the first step, but but I can I can relate to it. It definitely helps change the mood and help you solve uh, problems. Right. Thank you. Pass the mic, sir. So I was remembering um, the Sadhu Sangha retreat. Giriraj Maharaj gave a lecture on this topic, and he was talking about chanting, and he was mentioning several instances in in his life where he had problems and what he did was spent entire days like chanting Hare Krishna Mantra with faith that all these problems would be solved mm-hmm. and they did get solved. Wow. So it had a great impact on me. So whenever I have a problem, this you chant 64 rounds. Or chant a lot <laughs> for days and the problems go away. So What happened to your finger? Oh, it was a little fracture. Achha. Were you remembering Krishna as you fractured it? <laughs> Okay, anyone else? Yes. So, the, the normal tendency when there is some problem or anxiety is to just jump in and solve that issue. Mm. Um, at least I, you, you, all these wonderful suggestions are very practical and very important and beneficial. But in some situations, we will not be in a position to even have access to those. But during those such times, I felt it useful that if I just pause for a few minutes and just maybe chant or read something about Krishna or connecting with Krishna or hear a lecture or something like that, even for a few minutes, it helps to calm that agitation. And mm. then still I, have, I am the one who has to solve the problems, but still it gives me clarity in approaching the problem in a better way, in a thoughtful way. Well, that's interesting. That, that, thank you for that. That's a perfect segue to what I was going to mention. Um, uh, I, because not everyone does that. Not, some people, they don't. Some people would be really good if they just went to the practical solution. Some people don't do that. They just watch. You said you wall away your hour. I'm not trying to. Yeah. 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 You know, they'd watch. You know, Netflix for the next five yeah, hours like, or yeah. Yeah, I try to run away from it. So in one sense, it may, it's, but you know, you're saying, so there's like really bad, there's better and best, or something like that. So, uh, there was this, um, this guy who wrote, um, what's psychologist, uh, what's his name? Uh, Herbert Benson from Harvard. And he talked about this four steps, stop, which you're talking about, breathe, reflect, and then choose. So he, he writes here that people have long recognized that how we think affects the way we feel. So a simple, a simple thought such as, the traffic is really heavy this morning may transform into, I'll be late for work because of the traffic, my boss will be upset with me, I might lose my job. 
Right? So the domino effects of negative thoughts opens the door for our emotions to become overwhelmed and our stress levels to go up. So he talks about stop, take a little time out. You were talking about this. And he talks about breathe. Right? And uh, Sachinandan Swami in his book talks a lot about, um, in several places he talks about breathing. He, he, he makes it clear that they're not essential for the practice of bhakti, but if you find them helpful, then they can be so. So he talks about, uh, in one place, he talks about getting ready for chanting, and he just talks about taking some deep breaths and become aware of the inhalation and exhalation, right? because it really puts you in the present. You can't be thinking about old breaths. and you know. uh, Continue to breathe consciously in this way until your mind becomes calm and focused. If distracting thoughts or feelings arise, gently let, gently let them go and return to your breathing. When you feel centered, calm, and focused, envision in your mind eyes these three truths. This is from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. One, I am an atomic particle of consciousness and Krishna is the eternal servant. Two, Krishna is the infinite conscious entity and my only master. And three, the material world is a house of, rec of correction meant to reform my tendency to remain absent in our relationship. So taking that breath, and then he, then this person talks about reflect. I'll, well, I'll do one other thing about breathing, then we'll go back to this guy. Um, he also talks about uh, this one. Okay, so you sit before your altar with deities or a picture of Krishna. Sit tall with your spine erect. With eyes closed, take a few deep breaths. The same thing, bringing consciousness to the inhale or exhale, letting go of distracted thoughts. When you feel centered, calm, and focused, open your eyes and gently gaze at the deities. Appreciate that you are Krishna's eternal servant and turn to him in prayer. And you can recite this prayer that we said last week. My dear Lord Krishna, although I have forgotten you for so many long years in the material world, today I am surrendering unto you. I am your sincere and serious servant. Please engage me in your service. Enter the meaning, then the next step, enter the meaning of this verse. Connect with Krishna. Take a moment to feel how it brings you to spiritual consciousness. Now chant Japa or Kirtan in this spirit. So breathing, so here he says, stop. So this is a non-devotee, right? Breathe and then reflect. You step back from the situation. What is, like you can ask yourself, what's the major concern? Why is this making me feel big emotions? Have I jumped to conclusions? What evidence supports my feelings? Am I exaggerating the stress through negative thinking? Is there another way to view this situation? What is the worst that could happen? Does it help me to think this way? Those are some. And for a devotee, we can also think, what, is the shastra, what guidance would the Shastra give in this regards? And then choose. Decide how you want to deal with your stress. Consider the following as you weigh your options. How else can I think about this situation? Am I worrying about something that has not or may not occur? What will be a better way to handle these feelings? Do I need to balance my logic with my emotions before deciding how to act. And so some good tips there. Stop, breathe, reflect, choose. So this is very easy to dovetail into Krishna consciousness, right? Stop, maybe do a little pranayam, even if you're a little more advanced, you might, you know, do, uh, what is that? Anuloma viloma? Yeah, whatever, right? Or, you know, anyway, you all know the different, you know, you can do different, uh, you know, and then, you know, think, 
right? Between the stimulus and the response, there should be a pause. And that can be some practical things like we just read or some shastric things, you know, about what Krishna says about dealing with situations. But I really thought it was, uh, it, it was quite... Uh, Prabhupada recognizes that we take shelter of things when we're in material anxiety. And probably a lot of people do take shelter of drinking or illicit activities. Some thoughts? I just wanted to add uh, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is even if, say, you are not, you're anxious about a problem that you really cannot solve yourself, even then it gives you the, the strength mm. to actually, I mean, <clears throat> if you're it's not like I mean you are trying to run away from the problem in a sense That's because you, you are do. you are reading say a book I mean of, of course about Krishna but I mean that's not going to solve your problems for you you are no. going to solve it yourself but even if you cannot solve it yourself say it is not immediately solvable you need help from others to get right. it solved even then it gives you the courage to not be uh, too negative right because we tend that's, to that Medicaid. is what I have, I have practically experienced. All, all these other things that, you know, we, the, they're, you know, applying somewhat of a material problem to a material problem, you know. And we want to uh, at least consider the spiritual side of things. Yeah. Yes, Mama. Chaitanya Charan Prabhu's training is like evaluating, like, what's coming from mind like what is the extent of projection of the mind mm. and what is the real problem so that comes when we place our attention on sat first and then because it's coming from my mind i may have the tendency to think that oh this is my thing right you know, so i have to immediately jump and but whether we may get immediate help from, you know, consultation or not. Uh, but talking to devotees, they'll put us in a place where, you know, we can uh, think properly and eliminate that unnecessary negativity and see the problem in a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the, comes the sphere of influences. What I can do, what I can't right, do. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Um, it reminded me of one statement made by Rompad Swami Maharaj: um, "Temporary material false shelters are spiritual shelters." Mm. So, when we do this observing and taking a look at what how I am thinking, I can clearly see that I am naturally gravitating towards taking these material shelters. Mm. It could be in any form, but I have to switch from that mode to intentionally start taking spiritual yeah. shelter. Yeah, nice. So read a few more verses. King Paranjana gave up his body while remembering his wife, and consequently in his next life he became a very beautiful and well-situated woman. He took his next birth as a daughter of King Vidharba in the very house of the king. It was fixed that Vidharbi, daughter of King Vidharba, was to be married to a very powerful man, Maya Yajvara. Did I pronounce that right? Maliyadvaja. 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 
Thank you. An inhabitant of the Pandu country. After conquering other princes, he married the daughter of King Vidharva. Prabhupada writes here that a strong devotee makes propaganda against all other spiritual conceptions, namely Gyan, Karma, and Yoga. With his devotional flag unfurled, he always stands fast to conquer other conceptions of transcendental realization. So, um, so why is that? You know, we, it's very painful for one who's actually a devotee to see someone who has a human birth and maybe even spiritually inclined and missing out on the real deal. It's very, it's very painful for them to see that. So that's why we, a, devotee, a strong devotee would make propaganda against these other things. Because you just think, oh my, you know, someone's just about to walk off a cliff and you don't just say, oh, by the way. No, right? You grab them. So, so that's why, uh, you know, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saratati Thakur, right? They, they would, that sometimes people would cross the street so that they wouldn't run into him because they knew they were, you know. What is it, Bhagavatam in one hand and club in the other, or something like that, right? So we may do it, you know, in a different, you know, in a different way in, in, in America and in this day and age, but the real, but the um, the realization is still there of uh, wanting to help people who are, you know, take, going down the wrong path or a path that is not going to bring them to the lotus feet of Krishna. Okay, so we didn't finish this chapter, obviously. But we did pretty well. We got through 30 verses. Uh, and next week, there's class, right? Nothing special going on next week? Yeah. So we'll see you all same time, same place next week. Krantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.